Good morning, it's 9.30 on Thursday the 7th of May 2020. It's Eagle Thursday, but not just Eagle Thursday. We have a special show again at 6 o'clock today. More of that in a moment. Welcome to Radio Blogging. Yo, yo, what up? This is Lunch Money Lewis. Hey, I'm John Newman. Hey, what's up? This is Fergie Ferg. Keep this frequency clear. A children's radio blogging show broadcast into homes and schools across the world. Join Pi Corbett, Russell Prue, Ian Rocky, and David Mitchell live each weekday at 9:30 a.m. Online radio live blogging. This is radioblogging.net. And a very good, fantastic radio blogging welcome to everyone. We are super-sizing our show today. We're going stateside at 6 o'clock, and we'd love for as many of you as possible to join us on the show at 6 o'clock. We're back here. The player will be just where it is now. Absolutely, it so will. And you'll just be able to click on that and join us for a very special stateside radio show. It's everything you've come to love, just with a little bit of an American feel, as we've been asked by our audience there for a specialized show for them they're experiencing the same level as hardship and difficulties as we are schools are in and out and open for key workers children of key workers and it's very difficult for them as well and they'd like something a little bit special and it's our pleasure we're delighted uh, listeners were also able to launch today our support radio blogging page you'll notice there's an extra button on the top menu there far right hand side and perhaps after the show you could just click on that and have a look at some of the transitional products and services that we have put together to help you colleagues transition your pupils from an out of school into back to full strength school situation don't know exactly when that's going to happen we'll officially be given the three weeks yeah right i know um i can do humor at a push honest no honestly i can um so i've no idea but we are promised a three-week notice and just some interesting things there which might whet your appetite and a, a kind of a story a background story of exactly where we are and time to meet the gang now um the fabulous professor how are you mr rocky uh, good morning, Russell. I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, lovely to be here. Excited for Thursday. Can't believe it's 32 shows. Good morning, everybody. Hope you're all well today on this sunny day. No, 32. It's a great number, isn't it? It's a very good number. I can remember when I was that young. Amazing. Deputy <laughs> Mitchell is also with us. Hello, sir. How are you? Howdy, partner. <laughs> can we do that? Can we? Can we actually do? Got the right. I've no, the wrong right show. show. Wrong show. Oh, sorry. Uh, I love sip you. My tea. <laughs> <laughs> tea yes that's quintessentially tea. british we'll be having tea at six well is it too early no no we can have tea and crumpet at uh, six o'clock <laughs> this evening to be very refined absolutely superb uh, and uh, mr experience himself the guy that's driven route is it 66 i think it is is it yeah i think mm. it yes route 66 yeah. it's the man himself start the day with a slice of pie this is radioblogging.net. And we can't wait to hear about those stories. There's a custard factory, isn't it? There's so many things you did on that journey. I did. I loved it. And uh, yeah, there is Ted Drew's custard factory, a uh, frozen custard. Uh, it's a bit like a tub of ice cream. And um, I was queuing up with the other people. It was a very, very hot day, but I, I still had my, uh, my pullover on and my jacket looking a bit like David Mitchell. Uh, and I was queuing there, and I ordered my frozen custard, and, and the woman just stared at me, 
And then after, and just she froze. And after a bit, she said, "Can you say that again, please?" So I said it again, and it was all—it was because of the voice, the sound of the voice. Yeah. It just, she just sort of found it. I don't know. She just was riveted by it. Um, so anyway, uh, enough of that uh, tomfoolery. All good here this morning, and um, yeah, socks are on the right feet. The bed's been made. Everything's great. And uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. I think we should crack on, Ian. Are you ready for uh, um, a few games? Games with Ian and Pie? Creative games. Play and try with Ian and Pie. Okay, for those of you who have not been with us, what we like to do is start with two or three games. And uh, Ian and I will play the games. You jot down any notes that you need to. And then we'll have, have some sort of uh, brief musical interlude while you play the games in school or at home. And the first game I've got for us, uh, um, this is really going to be a, a testing one, is a rhyming game. Mm. Um, so uh, let's build it around animals. Yep. Um, we've, we've done things like A is an ant and B is a bear. Mm. But this one, you're going to extend the sentence and then I'm going to see if I can uh, add a rhyming one on. So A is for an ant and then you've got to add a bit on. So okay. you could say A is an ant that climbs up a tree and I'm going to go B is a bear and then I've got to think of a rhyme with tree that's hurt his knee. And then you do C is a cuckoo building a nest mm. i've got a rhyme with nest um and i'm on d d is a dog having a rest okay we'll so e? um uh, let's go from the top come on okay um so um i'm gonna go a is an ant that stumbles along b is a bear singing a song c is a cow that has a good laugh d is a dog taking a bath e is an elephant that swings its tail E is an elephant. E, A, B, C, D, E. F is a frog um, eating a snail. G is for gorilla that plays catch with a mouse. H is a horse building a house. I is an iguana that blinks in the sun. J is a jaguar. Careful, uh, careful. <laughs> J is a jaguar that gets nothing done. K is for kangaroo that kicks a ball hard. Uh, L is a lemur uh, in the backyard. M is for magpie who thieves from a nest. N is a newt trying his best. O is an ostrich that tries hard to fly. P is a penguin eating a pie. Q is for quail that scuttles around. R is a rat. Uh, R is a rat... Ah, is Home, a oh, I've, I've got it. Homeward bound. Homeward bound. Thank you. Fabulous. S is a seal that darts through the sea. T is a terrapin uh, sat on my knee. U <laughs> is for umbrella bird taking shelter from the rain. V is a vulture um, in, uh, in agony and pain. W is for walrus that has tusks of pure white. X is an x-ray fish. Uh, full of spite. Y is for a yak that has found himself lost. Z is the zoo. Uh, Z is the zoo. Um, frost, frost, uh, frost, 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 frost. Z is the zoo. 
uh, embalmed in frost. Stunning work, gentlemen. First time we've got to the end. Well done. Well done. Pretty good. Few prompts required there for the old boy, but uh, we That's made it. Good. Okay, now today's uh, author, guest author, is Judith Eagle, which is a splendid name. I know Judith is with us this morning, so welcome, Judith, to the program. And uh, the next game is about making someone happy, which links to the uh, beginning of the pair affair, which is Judith's latest book, because it starts with a child who is not happy. So Ian and I are going to think of if we can. Three things that make someone happy. Hmm. So do you want to start? Yeah, um, I'm going to go for uh, popping bubbles in the soap suds. Okay. Um, uh, Listening to my budgie Charlie. Uh, The taste of hot buttered toast. Mm. Drawing with a finger on a steamy window. Mm, Nice. Being wrapped in a warm blanket on a frosty day. Mm-hmm. Watch it, uh, lying on the ground, watching clouds drift slowly by. Oh, yeah, that's lovely. Uh, the first cuckoo. Mm. I always wait for that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, picking a piece of fresh mint and rubbing it in your fingers, then smelling them. Mm. Uh, making footprints in dew on a spring morning. Building the tallest Lego tower ever. Um, A song that triggers a happy memory. Mm. Um, Well, look, there's there's more than enough there, folks. So the idea is that you think of things and make a long list of things that are free. They're to hand. They're easy in a way, but they they make us feel good. They're uh, uh, simple, easy, everyday things that make you feel a little bit happy. Um, One of my best moments in the day is when I get up and I get downstairs and I have my first cup of tea. And I love that. And I open the door and there's a little bit of sun this morning, which is really nice. So I think while uh, everybody's having a go at the rhyming alphabet uh, and listing things that are free that would make someone happy, I think we could do an interlude, Russell. We certainly could. Hi, my name is Judith Eagle. I am the author of The Secret Starling and The Pear Affair. And you are listening to radioblogging.net. Couldn't not play this. Neil Diamond, America. Hello, my name's David Armand, and you're listening to radioblogging.net. Yeah, fabulous stuff. Uh, love that one. Another foot-tapping one. And we're off to America this evening. Um, and our time, that's six o'clock, isn't it, Russell? Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's going to yeah. be 10 o'clock on the East Coast and uh, mm. 1 p.m. on the West Coast. No, okay. the other way around. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, yes, but yeah. we've changed. Yeah, six o'clock our time. All I need to know is six o'clock our time. So that will, as you rightfully say, we will be taking tea in Finebone, China and having crumpets. And my crumpet must not be floppy or flabby. I don't do flabby crumpets at all. They have to be crisp, probably twice toasted. Uh, Okay, on we go. You don't want to know about my crumpets. So um, we like to have uh, a little bit of a a lead in from yesterday's show, don't we? So 
uh, right at Judith, right at the end of this, there's a chance for the children to record um, a piece of writing, something that they have written during the show or after the show. And then we use that to lead into the next show. And yesterday, I think I'm right in saying, Russell, we were thinking about suspense and writing suspense yes. paragraphs. We yes. were, weren't we? We were. Building up the tension, getting your main character into a, a scary setting of some sort, and then techniques for then um, creating the tension, delaying the moment, building it up. What have you got for us? Well, I've got two crackers, absolutely mm. brilliant, but I want to just shove something in at the top of the list because Shen Do is a good listener to the site, uh, has written a fabulous poem for his father, whose birthday it is today. So many happy returns of the day to uh, Shen Do's pa, and Shen Do wrote this poem. So I'm just not quite on topic, but just so good. My dad... My dad is the sun that wakes me in the morning. He makes me laugh and smile with glee. My dad is the star that shines bright in the sky when darkness descends upon me. My dad is the boost for my life. He understands and gets how I feel. My dad is the gentle nudge I need to help me get the deal. My dad is the boat who drives me on, the captain that makes me work hard. My dad is determination and perseverance, all rolled into one. My dad is the intense chess player, he doesn't leave anything to chance. Move by move he becomes more powerful, creating a firmer stance. So to say thank you, on the 7th of May, your son Chendal wishes you a happy birthday. We always have time for special pieces like that. Amazing. Uh. Did you enjoy that? I did. Lovely. And it was beautifully read. I could hear the rhythm in it and some cracking ideas really brought him alive. What a lovely tribute, eh? I think that's fantastic. Well done, Chendor. Really enjoyed that one. Thanks so what much. What else for have you got? Thanks yeah. so much for sending it to Oliver. This is a good one. It's short mm. and sweet and I liked it. There was a sudden bang. Gerald was in bed. What's that, Gerald? Run, find it. Gerald put on his shoes, size one centimetre put on his green shirt and ran down the stairs. Aha, said Gerald. He saw a drummer outside the house. Now, funny and suspenseful as well. Did you like that? I did. I love the little... I ought to explain to Judith that Gerald is a mouse. Oh, yes. And has been a bit of a running thing with us. Uh, size one centimetre shoes. I love that little bit of detail. <laughs> yeah, beautifully read. Well done, Oliver. I really enjoyed that one. A little bit of wit in there, a bit of humour. And you've got another one, I believe. This is our final. This is from Arthur. Uh, he's a, a regular contributor, and I like this one as well. Good level of suspense. Heart hammering like a kick drum, I clasped the door handle with shaking hands and turned it slowly carefully it swung freely open as if welcoming me to the dim room all was dark except for a streak of sunlight from a hole in the wall casting spine-chilling shadows every corner of the room was layered with dusty cobwebs a rancid smell loitered around the gray boxes towered high piercing the silence came a crack louder than a gunshot then a rustle then a scream absolutely loved it now that's actually written out on the site and has had some comments on it from some educators and some adults love it love it do you like that i did it read aloud really well didn't it it sounded like something from a novel and that's what you're aiming for you're aiming to write something that could easily have come out of uh, a novel that we might read in class i thought that was really good um arthur i tell you what i noticed was the slowly 
carefully that double use of the adverb really well placed it wasn't overwritten either russell it didn't have hundreds of adjectives sort of bunged in to spoil it it jogged along very nicely i thought it was a cracking one arthur well done marvelous stuff so now thank you for that everybody and we'll talk you through at the end of the show how you can record yours now we are going to hear well in a second from judith and i know judith is listening so what we do everybody if you're new to this you should be on today's show that's in the menu at the top of the page just go down above where it says activity one with that picture of the rather strange house with uh, blue um, blue and red and white and yellow um, painted on it. It says Judith Eagle response. So just click on that and you open up uh, this uh, little um, padlet thing. It says Judith Eagle response. It's all green. Now, in a moment, Judith's going to read from, I think it's The Pearl Affair. Uh, her other book is um, The Secret Starling. Both of them are cracking adventures, the sort of um, the sort of yarn that you would uh, you, you would like to cosy up with over a weekend and read through be a lovely one for mums and dads and teachers to read to um, probably six, seven, eight, something like that. But if you're a confident eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old reader, you'll romp through this uh, and really enjoy it. The Pearl Affair. Now, we like to give Judith, our authors, a response. So what you do to do that is click on that pink circle down in the bottom right hand corner. Up comes uh, a little, looks like a post-it. It says title, put your name in there. So I put pie in and then drop the cursor down where it's set to where it says write something. So we're going to write a response in there. We're going to hear Judith and then we can tell her directly what we liked what we enjoyed about the reading, what we enjoyed about the story, perhaps maybe memories, maybe links to other stories or films that we've heard. Sometimes people like to quote little extracts from it, write about how it made them feel. Sometimes they raise questions. Sometimes they like to predict because you're reading from the opening. They like to predict what they think might happen next or what might happen or change by the end of the story. So it's very free. It's very open. So, Russell, if we listen to Judith, um, uh, reading from um, the novel and the children can then start responding uh, then we'll have a chat and then we can go back and hear the interview this is radioblogging.net broadcasting live across the planet My name's Judith Eagle, and I am the author of The Pear Affair, which I'm going to read a little bit to you uh, of today. Um, the Pear Affair is a mystery adventure story set mainly in Paris, above and below ground, in the 1960s. Chapter One. You would think, thought Nell, as she aimed a kick at one of the marble cats that sat either side of the front door, if you named your daughter after your favourite handbag, you would cherish her as much if not more than you cherished the bag. But Nell's parents did not cherish her. She wasn't sure they even liked her. Today, for instance, they'd actually forgotten about her. Sometimes Nell stayed at school for the holidays. Out of sight, out of mind was one of her parents' favourite sayings. But this time it was being redecorated, and all the families had been expressly told that not one pupil was to remain on site. Yet even though the Magnificence had received exactly the same letter as everyone else, when all the other parents started to arrive, surprise, surprise, there was no sign of them. No car swept up the drive for Nell, 
No mother or father leapt out calling greetings. And no one in a flurry of suitcases, hockey sticks and spinning tyres whisked her away. Instead, Nell was forced to do what she always did. Hang around by the steps, watch as the crowd dwindled and practice an air of studied nonchalance as if she didn't give tuppence that nobody cared. You'll have to make your own way home, the head had said, making it sound like a piece of cake and not the epic journey, three trains, two buses, a long walk, that it really was. To make matters worse, the gates to Magnificent Heights were locked when Nell had finally arrived, and she'd had to climb over them, which was truly precarious, and she'd snagged her favourite jeans on one of the spikes. Nell flumped down on the top step and scowled. She had heard the hateful bag-naming story about a thousand times. It had been purchased, Melinda Magnificent liked to recount, during the heady days of her and Gerald's honeymoon from the swankiest shop in Milan. It was called the Penelope, a chunky affair made of crackly crocodile skin and adorned with a gold chain and diamond clasp. Melinda Magnificent adored that bag. She carried it everywhere and went into paroxysms of rage and despair if there was ever the slightest fear that it might be lost. How could I not name the baby, she told her friends, after my dearest darling bag? Nell knew that her mother did not love her more than her handbag. She knew that she didn't love her as much as the bag. She wasn't completely certain her mother loved her at all. All the Magnificent cared about was expanding Magnificent Foods, their supermarket chain, which already generated gazillions of pounds. More stores mean more things sold. More things sold means more money in the bank. And more money in the bank means we can spend, spend, spend. Gerald liked to expound, pound signs practically winking in his eyes. The ping of cash registers was music to the Magnificent's ears. Nell, however, was a hindrance. It wasn't unusual for Melinda to mutter that her daughter was nothing more than unwanted baggage. She had used those actual words along with utter nuisance and dead weight. Nell was used to it now, but when she was little, they had pierced her heart like sharp arrows tipped with ice. Je t'adore, ma petite, Père had said when Nell reported what she had heard, tears stinging her eyes. Père had been Nell's au pair before she had been packed off to boarding school. Her real name was Perrine, and she was from Paris. You're too old for an au pair, Melinda had said on Nell's seventh birthday. I'm fed up with you two jabbering away in French. The thought of it still made Nell burn hot from head to toe. Pear was the sweetest, kindest person in the whole wide world, more of a mother or a father than Melinda and Gerald had ever been. The day of their parting had been so swift, so sudden, so viciously unexpected, that Nell felt like a wolf had tossed her up in the air and then, with tooth and claw, torn her apart. She still didn't really understand what had happened. It was a question she had asked her parents again and again. But instead of giving her answers, they had sent her to Summer's End, which was a horrible place, the sort of boarding school where the dormitories are always freezing cold and the food has to be choked down or you will starve. Now sighed and stretched her legs out in front of her so that she could examine the damage done to her jeans. With a needle and thread, she could fix them. Pear had taught her how to sew. She remembered Pear's hand over hers, the flash of the silver needle, the pull of the thread. Her heart ached a little. She had loved Pear with all her might. 
The memories of their time together were far, far away, but they still had a golden tinge. Nell and Pear in the kitchen making banana splits, Pear squirting them with cream moustaches, Nell and Pear playing hide-and-seek or French skipping with knicker elastic. Nell curled up in bed, listening to endless stories about child runaways. The memories were like a glorious patchwork quilt, each square different, pieced together in Nell's mind. Nowadays, Nell wasn't sure what was worse being ignored at home or being stuck at school. Then there was the inexplicable fear of the dark which had struck the day that Pear had left and the constant feeling of dread that only shifted when one of Pear's letters arrived. For five solid years, Pear had written once a month, pages and pages of loops and swells, always in turquoise ink. The letters were so rich and so vivid that even if Nell was in the deepest of deep dark doldrums, they never failed to lift her up. Pear wrote reams and reams about her life in Paris, her tiny top floor apartment, her cat Sylvie, her work as an embroiderer for Crown Couture. But best of all was the line that always appeared at the end. One day I will come and rescue you. Stay patient, my little friend. But six months ago, the worst had happened. The steady flow of letters stopped. January, February, March, April, May, June, not one letter. Suddenly there was nothing to look forward to. A cold, sharp stone wedged itself into the pit of Nell's stomach and refused to budge. Of course, she had written again and again to the address in Belleville, feverish letters pleading for a reply. Nothing came. Nell's feelings had progressed from concern to anger and eventually fear. On very bad days, she was convinced that Pear had abandoned her. On less bad days, she worried that something terrible had happened to Pear. But what could that be? Now, after six letterless months, here she sat between the mean-faced cats waiting for her parents to remember they had a daughter. At last, the gate swung open and the rolls, was it a new one? Nell was pretty sure it had been read before, purred up the drive. Good God, Gerald! Nell could hear Melinda shrieking before she had even climbed out of the car. She was dressed in head-to-toe white as usual, an affectation intended to set off her silvery cap of white blonde hair. What's Penelope doing here? Is it the summer holidays already? But we're off to Paris tomorrow. Nell stood, a tangle of muddy brown hair, freckles and torn jeans. Her hand, which she had raised in greeting, froze. In one fell swoop, the despair, which had bogged her down for days and weeks and months, disappeared and a wild thread of hope surged through her. Escaping to Paris had been something she had planned and hoped and dreamed of for years and years. Hi, my name is Judith Eagle. I am the author of The Secret Starling and The Pear Affair. And you are listening to radioblogging.net. Oh, I love it. You can tell it's a, it's a, it's a good yarn. It's setting us up very, very nicely. Uh, and um, to go back to uh, the little post-it note, I've now written in, the school sounds horrible and her parents are not caring at all. Funny that her dad is called Gerald. That's because of Gerald the mouse. And that the main character is named after a handbag. I thought that was funny, too, because I've got a pair of trousers called Frank, which I've talked about before. Um, anyway, and that the main character is named after a handbag, which shows what her mother thinks of her. I hope that in the story she makes friends. 
Uh, and then I noticed at one point she was described as unwanted baggage, which, of course, links to the handbag idea. So I wrote unwanted baggage named after a handbag. Clever idea. It's a nice little link that uh, I think that Nell is going to go and look for her beloved friend pair. So I reread it, double checked it for capital letters, full stops, all of those things. I've not done anything silly and missed a word out. I've reread it. It says what I want to say. It's same. And I click somewhere else on the padlet and it now says awaiting approval. And every now and then, um, Judith, you will. Wow. If you. Oh, my goodness. If you <laughs> refresh the page, you can see lots of things. And Judith has written lots of responses I don't need to train you, Judith. You know what you're doing. You're the first author who actually knows what a padded is and has found a way around it. Marvellous topic. Lots of reactions up there. Fantastic stuff, everybody. Russell, while the children are putting their responses up, um, we could then move on to, because there was an interview, wasn't there? And children, when you're listening, if you want to comment on the interview as well, that will give you two things to be talking about, the reading and the interview. Russell, what happened in the interview? I loved chatting with her pie. It is just, well, you'll hear from this. I never hold back with my emotional response. That would that would just be remissful of me. It's just stunning, and I loved every moment. And thanks very much. Judith has been in chat, uh, in conversation with us uh, this morning, asking if she's doing it right. I said, oh, my goodness, yes, you most certainly are. You're right. Brilliant reaction, guys. Listen to this. Wrap your ears around this. It's a great interview. Wow. And chat <laughs> i loved it i loved it you write so i'm i'm it's like you've wrapped a warm blanket around me as the listener and i i liked it it was almost nostalgic for me and, and almost touches of enid blyton kind of esque in there i loved it i absolutely loved it We're, you're oh, so young how have you been able to write like this where, where has all that come from i'm not young <laughs> i'm quite old Bless. um i think uh, <laughs> I wanted, with the same with my first book, The Secret Starling, which, which was published a year ago, I wanted to write a book that had a kind of classic feel to it, the kind of book that I enjoyed reading when I was young. Um, so that's wonderful that you do cool. feel those sort of undertones when you're listening to me read it. Loud yeah, and clear. It is a kind of old-fashioned adventure yeah, story. I love it. I love it. it, it and, and for me, that has a bit of... Uh, it's nostalgic is the right word i think that's it it just had it harks mm. back to when 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 i consumed literature like this as as a child and mm -hmm. it just and it's really nice and i wonder whether lots of colleagues will enjoy reading these to their young people it's almost like a title that is so cozy and nice to relax to i, I feel that mm. when works are read so beautifully like this and i think you've written it to make it very easy to read uh, like that yeah. um uh, the, young people can enjoy it more as well that's amazing I, I am absolutely dazzled and thoroughly enjoying oh. it really as well um tell us a little bit more about the process of writing for you as a writer okay so i have a i start writing a story with a very strong idea of a setting in my head so that's what drives me I'm not a plotter at all, so I'll start off with this idea of a place and a time and maybe one character that I want to write about and develop, and I will spend an awfully long time just writing the first chapter. I'll write it over and over and over because in that first chapter, that's when I'm trying to discover and explore the voice of the character who's going to be with me as for the whole journey. Um, and I'll have a vague idea about where I want it to go in the end. I do like a happy ending. Um, 
I like a, quite a complicated plot with lots of twists and turns, mm. but it's not until I've really started writing, and I'm probably not, not until I'm halfway through the book, mm. when several threads might have been cast out, that I'll have to start doing some really, really good thinking mm. to try and work out exactly where is this plot going and how am I going to tie all the ends together. Um, so it's quite a fluid process. Nothing is set in stone. Okay, I like that. <laughs> That's really good. Do you, ha- <laughs> do you have a notebook or a diary or, or is this planned out just for your general kind of observations? Do you have something like that? Yeah, I've got, I love notebooks. I've got three notebooks on the go at the moment. So I've got one little sort of gold notebook, which um, I write all the books that I read down in. And I've only just done that for the last couple of months or so because I've got a terrible memory and I uh, if you were set to say to me what wonderful books have you read this year I'd stare at you blankly but now I've got this book I could remember everything I've read and then I've got two other really important notebooks I've got my best notebook which is um, a really lovely cloth bound green notebook and in that is all my research so my notes on research from my, the book that I'm writing in a moment and also some plotting and planning notes, notes about character and setting. And then I've got my rough notebook, which I keep generally by my bed because quite often very early in the morning I'll have ideas when you're, you know, in the, when you wake up in the morning, your mind's really sort of mm. free and empty before the day's thoughts have invaded it. So I'll, I'll, um, Scribble down notes, if, uh, if uh, ideas, if they come to me first thing in the morning, and sometimes in the middle of the night too. Mm. And then on top of that, um, I have notes on my phone. So if I'm out and about during the day and I suddenly think of something, and I, I, unless I make notes of it, I won't remember it. So I have to immediately write it down on my phone. And then I also have visual they're not notebooks, but I have notice boards up in my room. So I've got two big ones that I'm looking at at the moment, and I print out pictures or cut out pictures from magazines anything to do with the book I'm writing at the moment so with the one that I just read to you the pair affair I have lots and lots of pictures of an area in Paris in the 1960s with children playing out in the streets and that's really useful having those sort of visual aids wow thank you so much indeed that you've opened a, a very exciting door for me and I've thoroughly enjoyed that uh, chatting live there with Judith Eagle thank you for reading for us thank you hi my name is Judith Eagle I am the author of The Secret Starling and The Pear Affair, and you are listening to radioblogging.net. Wow, <clears throat> what, a great, uh, what a great interview. Very, very interesting. Again, about the notebooks and doing research. Uh, I like the idea of gathering the images so that you can visualise the setting that you're writing about. And there's a lot of response going on uh, on the padlets. Fantastic stuff. Um, what have we got here? Kirat. I really enjoyed the reading, especially the bit as arrows pierce through her heart. I love the way you've quoted something there. I really felt sorry for her when her parents didn't turn up um, up to school. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what what? Yeah, yeah, what an awful thing to do to somebody else. And Judith's coming back with all sorts of bits and bobs here. Poppy H from Brunel. I liked when you used the word adorned. I don't really know what it means, but I guess that it means something like loved or adored. And somewhere Judith has answered that for you. What does it actually mean, please? I love reading books with words I don't know because I always learn new ones and that helps me make my writing better. So thank you. I'll try and use it in one of the padlets. I love this reading. I'll try and read the book. Absolutely, yes. It is a cracker of a read, I tell you. Um, 
And then Hadley, the wolf analogy in between description punctuated this piece amazingly. I really like the phrase, the memories fitted together, each different like a patchwork quilt. I noticed that bit, Hadley. I thought that was a really good turn of phrase. Um, and it arrested my attention. It sort of handcuffed me to the page and made me really think deeply. So that was really well done. Fantastic responses. And Judith, you know, um, uh, refresh the page every now and then if you've not been on this before, folks, by going to the very top of the page where it says radioblogging.net. And just to the right of it, there is a semicircle with an arrow. You click on that and by magic of technology, go down to the Padlet again, and then, oh, there's there's got to be 50, 60 uh, responses up there. People are writing all the time. I think we now need to go back to the main page, Judith. So if you hop back onto the main page, we'll do activity one. But the site is up today for the whole of the day, and people keep adding throughout the day, going back in the afternoon, adding bits and bobs on. Now, if we go down under active, where it says activity one, get to the larger image and you can make that full screen if you want by clicking underneath where it says click here so what we're going to do is we're going to um create and listen carefully to the instructions folks don't go blasting in yet we're going to create some magical rooms so again click on the pink blob up it comes it says title pi right now here we go we're going to create magical rooms in the i've got two ways of doing this the first way, I'll put both up in the, now let's go for a color and do a colored room. So I'll do in the blue room, comma, in the blue room, I became the endless sky. So that's one way of doing it with a color. In the blue room, comma, I became the endless sky. So uh, you don't have to become something, you could do it slightly differently, but obviously the color has to relate to the second part of the sentence. Now I'll do it differently. In the room of. Now let's do the room of. In the room of. Uh, in the room of frost, comma. Um, I became. Uh, let's do it differently to I became. In the room of frost, um, I froze. Uh, I in the room of frost I shivered. Can you hear how I'm sifting the ideas? In the room of frost I shivered until uh in the room of frost i shivered until um i i shivered until i became a snowman full stop i'm gonna do another one in the people will now judith be doing their own ones let's do a color one in the yellow in the orange room i'm going to do in the orange room comma in the orange room now, what's going to happen in the orange room? A sunset, a sunset, a sunset um, melted ooh, upon the carpet. That's a scary one. OK, and now I'll do in the room of in the room of in the room of let's do a room of uh, in the room of happiness. Let's have a nice one in the room of happiness. Two tiny turtles, two tiny dirt turtles tap danced Ooh, there's a nice touch of alliteration i've played with it so you've either got a colored room folks or you've got the room of i mean you've got to invent something so and uh, now before i post it remember to double check mr mitchell is able to see everything that you're writing and sometimes he sends me a message saying remind them to double check because he can see 
whether you've started, for instance, with a capital letter or not. In the blue room, I became the endless sky. In the room of frost, I shivered until I became a snowman. Spelt that completely wrong. I became a snowman. In the orange room, a sunset melted on upon the carpet. In the room of happiness, two tiny turtles tap dance. Lots of possibilities. Ready, steady, go. I click on the rest of it, and it says, awaiting approval. Russell, while this uh, larking around is going on, is it, <laughs> larking around is going on, nimble as a ferret and, a, and as furious as a, as a stoat, uh, do you have for us a little musical offering? Absolutely. And I just had to play this this week as well. Uh, listeners, it's also worth saying that we've seen a huge improvement in writing and not just Pi Corbett's writing, a huge <laughs> improvement, listeners, in your writing. So thank you so much. So keep going at that. It really is making a huge difference. And of course, don't forget, you could uh, comment on other folks' uh, writing padlets, not just the one. You can do more than one if you wanted to as well. This is from Gerald, the album. Gerald felt unwelcome. Now he's flying through the sky. In his awesome airship, looking down on cottage pie. He's got camembert and cheddar too. With Frank and Connie. For his crew. But right there in the distance, a sky pilot he did spy. Whiskers all a quivering, wondering if his time would die. Will they make friends? Was the My name is Peter Bundle and you are listening to radioblogging.net. 
was Rachel Orr and her house band. Oh, we just love that. I wonder where the Americans are going to get that. We may need to set that up. Perhaps they'll enjoy the music. No doubt Frank Sinatra backing track there as well. It's really good. Uh, another great show. Hello to Skell Morley Primary School pupils listening. And it's uh, from Judith Eltringham. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to hear from you. And, and hello to Grand Granddad Wheels. That is such a cool uh, Twitter name as well. Hello to you as well. Mrs. Quantrill, thank you very much. Alice is listening to the show. So a big shout out to her. Really enjoyed that. And she's posting as well. So Catherine Smith, thank you very much. Uh, Catherine says, it's this is turning out to be expensive. Every book that your authors reads, <laughs> extracts from my daughter wants to read the remainder of. All good, though. Thank you very much indeed, Catherine. You're really, really kind for that. It's a lovely comment. That's a good, a good end result. Kimberly O'Connor, really good. A big shout out to Finley and Benjamin. Hello to you both there. James Walker's on as well, enjoying the show. Thank you so much indeed. Joe Pierce is back with us again. Lovely photograph of the book cover of The Pair Affair. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, and she's enjoying the show as well. Some great tweets there. Some great tweets from Ian Rocky as well. Actually, get yourself on the show, mate. <laughs> really good work there as well. Mrs. Nisa, lovely to hear from you as well. Some photographs of a slice of pie. Hadn't thought about doing that. Uh, Bantop Primary School, good morning to you as well. It's their vocabulary ninjas. I love that. I absolutely love that. And Miss Wood has sent a video. Um, and I'm not going to click on play in case it's very loud, but I'll have a look at that a bit later on. Thank you so much indeed. Lorraine Harrison's been on as well. Ian, what do you have? Oh, Russell, thank you. I've got plenty. 17 minutes past 10 here on radioblogging.net. Good morning to you, Miss Little. Thank you for getting in touch. Wants a shout out for Stone with Woodford. Also, Daisy. Good morning, she says. Love your show. Shout out to Molly and Agatha. Mrs. Murrin. Good morning there. Great readings this morning, Arthur and Oliver. Yeah, they were. They were absolutely fabulous. You are so right. Mrs. McCalma being in touch this morning. Looking forward to another cracking good session. Let's get going with our writing working from home. Uh, Henry, Warren Road has been in touch, as has Erin this morning. Would like a shout out to all of your six. Missing them greatly. I know it's tricky stuff, but don't worry, you hang in there with us. We're going to keep things bouncing along really rather nicely. Ella, uh, good morning to you. Wanted a shout out to all of our friends who are listening at home at the moment. Missing them all. Um, and my teacher, Mr. Skill. That is such, such a good teacher name. <laughs> that is just the best teacher name. <laughs> Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine Harrison. Been in touch again. Giving children such a real-life opportunity to read their work aloud. Yeah, they were. I mean, we do. That's why we start the show. It is just about that. Um, and, and the children were superb. Going to be reading to schools online from a new novel soon. So I'm really impressed by the children reading their work. It's an art you have to learn by doing. And I'm still learning. Do you know what? The children have got better and better and better, not just in their reading, but also in the writing. As Russell said just now, the quality of the pieces that we are receiving just gets better every day, which is just fabulous. Um, some people got in really early on the website this morning. Izzy wanted a shout out. Good morning to you, Izzy. How are you? Um, Sarah would like a shout out as well today. Hello, Sarah. Good morning um somebody said they can't wait for eagle thursday don't forget to put your name then i can name check you across the world um and that really is rather exciting sophie hope everyone is having a great eagle thursday can i have a shout out yes you can um i loved dr struan murray's interview yesterday and his writing sounded amazing we are so blessed here at radioblogging.net we have such a wealth of fabulous authors and again today with judas who read so beautifully we are so lucky um, thank you for getting in touch isabella oliver as well um, my nan thinks she has gerald under her television <laughs> she may need to have a chat with pi about that he can help her he's got strategies um, my radio blogging team isabella can't wait for eagle thursday bella k can she have a shout out yes she can seth 
Good morning, everyone. Like a shout out to all my friends, teachers and cousins who go to Stonewood Woodford. Jamie, six shout outs in six days. You got it, Jamie. There you go. Six in six going into the weekend on a high. Lucy, can I have a shout out to all of Warren Road and their amazing teachers? Absolutely, you can. Rose loves the show. So many amazing ideas. Well, thank you so much. We do try and I'm glad you're enjoying it. This is why we are here. Finally, for now, can I have a shout out for Thomas and Will? This is from Will. We're a bit late to the party. Doesn't matter. You're here. That's the main thing. Today is our first day listening. Can't wait. Well, I hope you are enjoying it as much as I am and as much as we are. Now, at 20 minutes past 10 o'clock, it's now back to the fabulous Pi Corbett. Fantastic. And uh, so good to hear from all of those people. Thanks uh, for getting in touch, everybody, in the room of. And, uh, of course, don't just put one idea up. Um, create, you know, five, ten, fifteen. You could create a whole poem called "The Room of." I'm loving some some of these that are coming in. Uh, Mrs. James is giving it a whirl here. In the room of blossom, the perfume of nectar tickled the bees' knees. We love that one, Lorraine. In the white room with green curtains, the twisted leaves of a pot plant whispered in the emerald light. Take me home to the forest. Take me home. Oh, wonderful stuff. What else have we got? Ida in the room of coffee. I grew coffee beans with winding vines. Lots of, oh, Mr. Skill. This is the teacher with the great name. I also love the name. What was it? Grandad Wheels. I used to know somebody in the forest of Geek Dean called Second Gear Frank because he only ever, but that's another story. Come on. Mr. Skill in the dingy room, I became invisible. Limbs moving unseen by eyes. In the compact room, I became confined, wrapped tightly like a straitjacket. He is absolutely on it as a teacher. In the room of happiness, I watched my class return to school. I know that feeling, Mr. Walker. Absolutely, it will come. Um, Neve, in the pink room, I sniffed an enchanted rose until I became one of its soft, fragrant petals. Love that idea. Fantastic stuff. Judith, if you'd like to put some of your ideas for the room up, the children always love to see that. Folks, always uh, uh, refresh the page every now and then and um, make sure that you read other people's. Click on the little heart. We all like to get a few hearts, uh, a little bit of response going. Uh, Oliver's written a huge uh, piece there. Well done, Oliver. I'll just read it. Oh, it's uh, just read a couple out. Inside the crooked, wonky, multicolored house was a tiny room full of muddles. Inside the room was an elderly lady sitting on her black Labrador. The dog wasn't happy. He wanted to move next door. And on it goes. He's really written an extended piece there. Well done. Working really hard there, Oliver. OK, I think we need to go to the Jot cast now. That will still be up for the rest of the day, that particular one. So you can create more rooms and add those uh, on. If you really get a cracking piece that you feel is a whole poem, then why not blog it? And We'll come to the blogging bit in a while. Now, if you come out of that and go below to the orange box below the image where it says comments corner, if we click on there, um, David, can you talk us through what we've got set up here? Because we've been doing this for a couple of days and it it allows me to comment on the children's writing instantly. But this may be a new one uh, to uh, to Judith and to some of our new listeners. Can you talk it through for us? Yes, uh, this um, Jotcast, it's, a, it's a, a free resource uh, we can use as a live writing window. So for teachers listening, um, you know, you can watch the, what happens here and envisage how this could be used in your classroom. We first used this pie over 10 years ago. 
mm-hmm. um, wasn't it, with my year six class yep. uh, in, in Bolton mm-hmm. to do virtual lessons. And it's really powerful. The children really respond to it. And what we can do here is I can control the, the entire window. So nothing can be visible in the window unless I approve it. So first of all, you've got to impress me so I can uh, approve these. And it's entirely safe. And it allows us to comment or allows Pi to verbally comment uh, on sentences that are coming in that have been inspired by something. And so it, we need to make sure we're in uh, the comment corner section of the of the uh, today's show. And you'll see the, the writing window there. And all I'd like you to do at the moment is to make sure your name, your first name only, is in the name box at the bottom of that uh, window. And you will see in the window, there's some instructions there uh, in terms of there's the image. Um, if you are in looking at this from a school or teachers, if you are viewing this from school, your internet is subject to filtering, isn't it? So the image might not be inside the window due to filtering. I've made sure it's below the window there for everyone to see. So that's the image we're going to look at. So what I'll do is I'll pass over to Pi to talk mm. through the image and to give through mm. some instructions for what he's wanting you to write. And I'll be approving these. If we've got any adults listening, if you want to um, join in, please do. You can either write some sentences or you can comment on some of the children's work. Mm. Say something positive, make a suggestion, and mm. you'll see some others like Mr. Walker uh, and others joining in doing that. So Pi, over to you. Okay, brilliant. So here we go. Now, what we're, where we're going with this is at the end, there's going to be a chance to uh, record uh, your performance. So we'll come to that bit later on. But this is just tuning ourselves in. And that image, I love this, uh, this particular um, uh, painter uh, and architect um, comes from Germany, Hundertwasser, he's called, and wonderful imaginative things. And years and years ago, there was a, an artist called uh, and, pe- uh, and poet called Adrian Henry. He wrote a long poem called I Want to Paint. So let's be imaginative. So your opening line is I want to paint. And then you add on. But I'm going to give you some instructions. First of all, I'll read you out something. Here we go. What do you notice about this? I want to paint a cruel creature crying copiously a stern serpent surrendering, and a regal rapscallion rat. And of course, what you notice is I've chosen out three uh, animals. I've got a creature, a serpent, and a rat, and I've got an alliterative, alliterative description. I want to paint. So you choose out whatever it's going to be. You choose out, let's me think of something, a bear, and you alliterate. I want to pair a bold, bra- I want a pair, I want to paint a bold, brave bear burying a bone. When you think of a cat, I want to paint a curious cat calmly creeping along. And when you think of another one, I want to paint. So let's try some, uh, some ideas that are alliterative first of all. Okay, so um, here we are. David's put those up. I want to paint a cruel creature crying copiously. I want to paint a bold bear burying a bone. So play around, first of all, with alliteration. Then I will give you another instruction. So uh, now what's happening, Judith, if you're watching, the children are writing in their name in the little box and they're composing. And then they will click where it says send. And David will be approving 
and very shortly I'll be able to see them. And the first one up is Krista. I want to paint a sly snake slithering. Nice. Um, yeah, that, I love that sly and slither, the SLs there. Seth, I want to paint a rocket soaring up to space. Sachin, in there quickly. I want to paint a playful panda prancing. Um, uh, see if you can extend those ideas a bit more. And Sachi coming in, I want to paint a feisty fox furiously flying fondly. I love your feisty fox. So when you're choosing the adjectives or the verbs, try and choose something a little bit less um, obvious, folks. Feisty fox is not obvious. Good one. Kirat, I want to paint a slow, slimy snail. You could extend that. What's it doing? Judith has just written in, I love those slivery snakes. Lewis, I want to paint a scaly salmon jumping over waves. I love your scaly salmon. I think, Lewis, you could have extended with the S's there a wee bit. Jacob, I want to paint a huge, savage beast. Next one, uh, uh, go for alliteration. George, I want to paint a strange salamander slithering on a stone. I love your idea of the salamander. A little bit unexpected. Think of animals that we don't normally write about. Do you know any unusual ones? Thomas, I want to paint a melting, mysterious, magical mansion. I love the idea of a melting mansion. It's interesting, though, when you get lots and lots of adjectives, they clash against each other very often. So go for an absolute one, absolute killer one or two. Uh, I want to paint a silent snake slithering at Arthur. Wondering what sort of snake that was. Can you name it? I want to paint a perfect panda perched on a post. Isabel, I love that. It sort of jogs along very nicely. Thank you. Harry, I want to paint a slippery, slimy stick. Ella, I want to paint a beautiful bouquet blossomed in the bright sun. Love that idea of the bouquet blossoming in the bright sun. Mr. Walker, um, uh, uh, coming back at Jacob P, P suggesting... Uh, what is the beast doing? So you could extend that. And of course, what you can do, children, is you can copy, paste and improve your sentences. So we've got lots and lots of alliterative ones. Let me give you another challenge. Here we go. I want to paint a chair made of wishes, a trembling tower made of risks, a lorry made of sunlight. So to do this, think of what you'd like to paint. I want to paint you think a tree. OK, what shall I make it of? And be clever with it. I want to paint a tree made of lies. I want to paint a goat made of, and then think of an unusual idea, fluttering butterfly wings. I want to paint a, and then think of an idea, a cup made of, and have something utterly impossible, made of the antennae of tiny ants. So we've got a different uh, challenge. So it's got to be, I want to paint a something made of something, but go for something very unusual. Uh, Mr. Walker coming back at us there, uh, Taha saying, this one sounds great. It's like a tongue twister. I want to paint a puppy playing by a pillar, staring at a puddle. I want to paint a sly, snivering steak, a snake. Um, OK, let's see if we can now go for the one where you're, ma you're making made of, made out of that one. I'm waiting for one of those. This is James coming back nicely at Charlie there. I like the idea of a playful pig painting. You've used paint twice. Ah, watch out for that. Is there a synonym? Nice point, Mrs. James. Ah, here we go, Lewis. I want to paint a rocket made of paper pyramids. I love that idea. Just have a look at that word made, though, Lewis. Um, 
you're almost there, but you got the wrong maid, if you know what I mean. Mr. Sands, I want to paint a school made of rainbows. Ah, yes. I want to paint a galaxy made of old, a plastic old Lego. I like that idea, Kirat. Rebecca, I want to paint a landscape made of hope. Mmm, yes. Hannah, I want to paint an eagle made out of marbles. Love that idea. That is so unusual. Um, as well, I want to paint a dream made of fairy's breath. Lewis, Alice, I want to uh, paint a lamp made of luxurious lemonade. Ooh, Alice, you're doing something clever there. You've got the made of idea, but you've also bunged in a touch of alliteration. What else have we got? I want to paint an enormous elephant, elephant either. Your elephant exercising. I want to paint a creek made of steel, George. Nina, I want to paint an emerald tree with diamond leaves. Judith, a landscape made of, oh, yeah, great to come back at each other. Well done. Mrs. Pierce coming back there at Hannah. Love the idea of an eagle made of marbles because it reminds me of the eagle's eyes. Absolutely. Shrisha, I want to paint a chair made out of music. I wonder what sort of music. Um, is it a lullaby type music? Is it rock music? See if you can name the music. That would add to it. Rachel, I want to paint a horse made of sparks and embers. Wow, I can see that. Absolutely, a horse of spark and embers. Lucas, I want to paint a tower of imagination with unlimited floors. That's what the imagination is, Lucas. It's unlimited. It goes on. The possibilities are there forever. We have hundreds. I want to made, paint an angel made of light. I like that idea, Rose. I wonder if you could be a little bit... Oh, I was going to say, Rose, I was thinking of lighthouses, bedside lights. Maybe you could just name that a little bit. Um, where have we got Felix? I want to paint a panther made of crushed coal. Wow, crushed coal. What an interesting combination. Never seen that before. And just before we stop doing this larking around, let me comment on one or two more. A sea made of fish. Olivia, I think you could name those fish. In other words, is it a sea made of whales or blue whales? Uh, is it bottlenose dolphins? Is it tuna and sharks? See if you can name it to bring the idea alive for the reader. Felicia, I want to paint an elephant made of wonder. Oh, my goodness. We've got so many great ideas coming in here. I think, David, we need to come out of Comment Corner now. We've worked really hard at that. We are at uh, 10.33. We're nearing the end. Uh, if you all come out of Comments Corner, that was fast and furious. Press on Chapter 5. We've got the next part of the story about the little mouse called Hercules, who has a friend called David, and this rounds off. Uh, well, it doesn't actually round it off because there are more chapters, but that will have to be for another time. So I'm going to read you chapter five of the story. All leaves it rather hanging. And if you remember, David's father is absolutely on the trail of the mouse and determined to catch it. And this is what happens next. Saturday morning arrived full of promise. The sun shone, there was no school, and the day lay ahead like a panther sprawled on the lawn, glittering with diamonds. What are you doing? David watched his father crawling around the kitchen floor and was instantly suspicious. This was not normal, even for his father. This all sorted out, David, replied Mr. Hummingbird from under the kitchen table. It's a trip-slap mousetrap guaranteed to eradicate all rodent infestations. David wasn't too certain what a rodent infestation was, but the trap did not look like good news for Hercules. Cheese, said Mr. Hummingbird. 
holding up a slice of rather sweaty but very yellow cheddar. They just can't resist it. He placed the lump of cheese onto the trap and slid it under the table. Watch and learn, David, watch and learn. His father grinned and sat down at the other end of the room, his arms folded and waited. Now, this was a problem because David knew that Hercules was a greedy mouse. This could spell the end. He hung around in the kitchen, whistling loudly and tapping his feet under the table. Stop that, snapped his father. You'll scare the mouse away. Isn't it your bedtime? No, said David. It's breakfast time. Well, clear off, snapped his dad. This is serious business. I'm not going to be messed around by a mouse. This will be a mouse-free home zone. All day, David hung around the kitchen, trying to divert disaster. Okay, folks, so that's where I've got with my story. And what we've been trying to do this week, and we were trying last week, is to write a little bit each day to extend a story over time. So underneath that, you can get in your chapter five. And the chapters don't have to be enormously long. It can be quite brief, little incidents, uh, an incident for each chapter, maybe. So you, um, uh, Judith, the children have been developing stories that feature a main character who is able to communicate with an animal and they can speak to each other. Uh, and in my case, my animal is being threatened by the family. And uh, each day I've been adding a little bit on. So down below, you can carry on with that story and then tweet and uh, then post it up on the blog. And Jude, if you want to look at the blogs, you just go to the top of the page where it says listeners posts. That's where the blogs are. And what we like to do, we have a team of adults who um, respond to the children. We like the children. We like everybody, don't we, David? We like everybody to have a go at responding to somebody else's. We often say if every child responded to somebody else's blog, then everyone would get two or three responses. We like that, don't we, David? We do indeed. Yes, it's a it's a it's a great element of blogging. And quite often the forgotten part of it really that uh, getting your blog post up there is one thing but getting comments reading them um, sometimes they'll have suggestions and sometimes you might want to act on those suggestions sometimes you might not but having the option to reply changing a sentence pasting it back in saying what about this does this sound better really helps us um, craft our writing it's 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 a great part of blogging and mm. I, I kind of want to encourage more and more people to do it uh, if we've got some adults who want to get involved please do uh, leave comments it's a great thing to do okay fantastic stuff so either blog up the next bit of your story or you could blog up your i want to paint poem or in the room of because we're now going to the last one, which is the extension task. And this is where you have the opportunity to uh, develop your I want to paint or in the room of um, poem and get it recorded. Um, I'll read mine through. I've got an I want to paint poem. I'll read it to you and uh, then a brief discussion. Uh, I'm afraid to say, Russell, <laughs> I am going to encourage a little bit of rhythm with this one, which mm. I know can be bit tricky. <laughs> I want to paint. Here we go. I want to paint a cruel creature crying copiously, a stern serpent surrendering and a regal rapscallion rat. I want to paint. I want to paint. I want to paint without constraint. I want to paint 
a gold-crested wren with scarlet wings, a salmon leaping up river, and a bear waiting, paw poised. I want to paint, I want to paint, I want to paint without constraint. I want to paint a chair made of wishes, a trembling tower made of risks, and a lorry made of sunlight. I want to paint, I want to paint, I want to paint without constraint. I want to paint a library of disasters, an encyclopedia of missed moments, and a catalogue of curiosity. I want to paint, I want to paint, I want to paint without constraint. I want to paint leaves on the ground like frail starfish, stars in the sky like gold tin tacks, and pebbles on the beach like sugar almonds. I want to paint, I want to paint, I want to paint without constraint. Boom. Bum, bum, bum. So I can see <laughs> they're going to be getting the drums out here. Each verse, folks, has got something slightly different in it. If you go back and look, the first verse, I'm mucking around with alliteration. The second verse, I chose three creatures I like, a wren, a salmon and a bear. I wrote a descriptive phrase about each one or a clause about each one. The next one down is where we had a chair made of, a tower made of. We had a go at doing that. And the next one down, I went for um, collective nouns, a library, an encyclopedia, a catalogue of. And for the final one, I've used similes. So I had leaves like frail starfish, stars like gold tin tacks, pebbles like sugar almonds. So each verse has a little uh, challenge within it. I mean, all you need is some sort of rhythmic chorus and do, you can do a little bit of clicking, a little bit of clapping. But I know, Russell, that you will um, want the children to make sure that when they're doing a rhythmic beat, it's not too loud. Otherwise, it is tricky with the sound levels, isn't it? It is tricky. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. So just listen back to it. Have a listen to it and be prepared to redo it, bloggers. It's no problem at all. You can redo that until you submit it as many times as you like. OK, and to record it, David, at the bottom of the page, if they go, if people scroll down, it says perform your writing. All you've got to do are some instructions there. Just click on how to record an audio padlet. Uh, and as Russell was saying, practice it first, practice it first. And we quite like it when there are different voices. So if there were, say, four of you and you were in school, you could write four verses and take one verse each and all do the chorus. So. Try and use different voices. It brings it alive when you're doing the recording. David, anything else to say about the performance and the recording of that? Um, no, it's just a case of being brave. Um, have a go. Uh, listen to some others. That's my suggestion. Um, and slow it down. Um, and and yeah, have a go, just like Russell and Pi have said. Mm. Have a practice. Listen, it back, listen back to it. And if you like it, click the submit button. Mm. I think to... Uh, the ones that work really well are where we can hear every single word. It's very easy to swallow your words. So watch that. Practice it. Now, we do have a competition going on at the uh, moment. And uh, this was for an extended story. You could use this week's story or you could. Uh, some of you I know have been working on last week's story. We're looking for an extended story that goes up uh, on the uh, on the blog. And we'll be reading some of those over the weekend. Um, is there anything to say, David, about the uh, how they present their competition entries? Um, if this was uh, Friday's show last mm. week, wasn't it? Where we mm. um, so if you if you've got something you want to submit specifically for that, if you go to 
all shows, all live shows in the menu at the top. You'll mm -hmm. see a list of all the different shows and just go down. It'll be well, four shows down or five shows down to Friday's show and use that form because um, in the competition form there, that's all tagged correctly so we can find the entries very easily. So make sure you use the Friday's show from last week. And I'm just checking the date on that. First, uh, 1st of May, David. 1st of May. One. Yeah, so just yeah. look down to the 1st of May and use the resources in there to, to uh, submit yeah. your entry. And uh, if, if even if you've, you've not done it and you've used a different one, just make sure in the title you write competition entry or something like that and we'll see it anyway brilliant okay thank you very much well russell my goodness what a show there's a lot of creativity going yes. on fabulous to have judith uh, eagle with us thank you so much and i know a lot of the children will want to get hold of the pet the pair affair uh, and the first one was called a secret starling marvelous books next week i cannot wait for next week we have emma carroll letters from a lighthouse um she's reading the somerset tsunami uh, next week so emma carroll what a writer what an exciting writer she is mm -hmm. early doherty one of the great writers of our country won uh several or many actually major awards uh, we've got Catherine fisher who i've always loved a welsh writer who works with wealth myth welsh mythology some very very fine books the clockwork crow um uh, is a recent one that i read and the velvet fox so I'm looking forward to that. And we have the mighty David Armand, who wrote Skellig. And he is, this is a coup, readers. He is reading from his new unpublished book. And you will have heard it here first. Yep. It's an exclusive. It's an exclusive exclusive. It's over to you, Russell. Amazing. So looking forward to that. And yeah. Catherine Fisher. Did you mention Catherine Fisher? I did mention Catherine. Okay, just Fisher. checking. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure about Christopher Eagle of uh, Eagle Edge yet because Christopher's reading. We might do over a couple of days, so I might leave that to the following week. If you see what I mean. It's a uh, big so chapter. Thinking, yeah, it's a big chapter, so I think we might extend it over a couple of days. But we've got a cracking week uh, up for us uh, um, next week. It couldn't be better, really, as um, as a force for creative English in this country in terms of you hearing great readers and then an opportunity to create very important it's the way learning should proceed absolutely no doubt about that i'll be handing it to ian for final shout outs in just a moment but don't forget we are back with you tonight listeners at 6 p.m british summer time we are here again be nice if a few of you could gather on the site just to welcome our american listeners to the show because we're doing a special american flavored version of this for listeners in the united states of america don't forget ian and i are back with you on sunday so if you can't manage with us until we are back on monday in and i are back for larking around a plenty at 3 p.m on sunday great tunes as well it's an all request sunday show it's a lovely way of connecting you with your family and friends you've not been able to connect with playing music exchanging messages and just a lot of larking around ian what have you got for me now uh, i'll concentrate on the shout outs without too much larking around for a moment but i've got plenty of talking of the american show this evening bethany came in with um she's uh, going to join us tonight the kilgores are coming mm. to the american show this evening I, hey looking forward to that do join us as russell says from 6 p.m also holly got in touch as did louis hello good morning to you benjamin got in touch as did rayan as well kira rakes ready and excited for today um 
can my cousins Naveen and Yuvan please have a shout out today? Hope I pronounced those correctly. Today was so inspirational. Um, Judith's interview and writing I loved. Thank you, Sophie, for that lovely, lovely comment. Douglas, shout out for all the NHS and the key workers. Thank you. You're very, very good at that. Poppy, hello to everyone at Radio Blogging and everyone who is listening too. Uh, wanted a shout out for her and her friend Rebecca and Miss F from Brunel class. Uh, thank you very much. Lewis from Stone School, regular listener. Well done indeed. Thank you for getting in touch. Toby, it's sunny this morning and looking forward to fun in the sun with radio blogging. Well, I hope you've enjoyed yourself this morning. Luce, uh, Lucia, uh, this morning. Uh, Lucia, beg your pardon. It's Lucia. Good morning, Lucia. Uh, Mr. Marley wanted to thank them for their hard work. Jensen, absolutely love this show. Thank you so much. Frank's been in touch. Uh, tomorrow's the bank holiday. The only downside is no radio blogging. I know, but don't worry because you can join us this evening. It's double helpings today on Thursday. <laughs> and of course, you could join us on Sunday for some top tunes if you wanted to. Uh, Sachin has been in touch as well. Thank you for listening again this morning. Dean, shout out for P5 and 6 and Mrs. Eltringham. Well done indeed to you. Rosie from Stonewood Woodford. Thank you very much. Well done. Buster, a shout out for Stonewood Woodford. Lacking some new names this morning. Well done indeed. Freya, shout out to everyone as well. And also Lisa as well. Sharisha has been in touch this morning, as well as CJ, who missed Monday to Wednesday as I was finishing my story. Did I miss anything? Plenty. Go to the website, radioblogging.net. Click on all live shows and they are all there beautifully packaged by the team for you to listen again and uh, work along with Christy, Freya, Judith Eltringham. Thank you for getting in touch. I'm going to try and get through all of these before I can finish. Poppy from Brunel Class. Having the best day ever because of radio blogging. I got my work read out and Judith Eagle responded responded to me on her Padlet, Naveen Isla. And finally, this is a beauty to finish with. It's Judith herself who says, hello, everyone. I'm amazed by your marvelous imaginations and writing skills. Thank you so much for listening to me read from the pair affair and for all your thoughtful comments. I've had a lovely morning. Well, Judith, from all of us to you, thank you so much. It has been absolutely fabulous for your time and for your interaction with the children and young people who have listened to radio blogging this morning. It has been a really, really lovely experience. Russell, that's all from me. Back to you. Nicely done, uh, Professor good it's a very good morning from all of us pi corbett deputy mitchell ian rocky and myself russell prue catch you at six if not then three o'clock on sunday if not then 9 30 on monday have a great time whatever you're doing stay safe and enjoy the weather welcome to radio blogging daily shows with interactive activities to keep everyone busy and engaged brought to you by pi corbett david mitchell ian rocky and russell prue just listen and blog it's live fun and interactive and with new educational tasks every day just head over to radioblogging.net to listen and find out more